Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 82 of the Genesis Gems podcast, where we will be covering Super Baseball 2020. It's the future. It is now. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> I'm excited to be back. This is Nick Stevens. This is the first time I've podcasted in Jay Sharon, what, five months, six months? It's been a long time. But, uh, yeah. Very excited to be back. And with me, as always, is Mr. Who? Who's this guy? Um, I am Aaron Hickman, the other co-host of the Genesis podcast. Jeez, going back about 80 years now. It feels that way. It feels that way. It <laughs> feels, that, that feels like that's how long it's been since we recorded this show. Yeah. If it sounds a little more echoey, it's because I'm actually recording from my practice room because <laughs> my kids are supposedly sleeping in, their, in the other room upstairs. But I Supposedly. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. My kids are just in the next door and... There's probably a hundred percent chance one of them will come out in the next hour and <laughs> try to try to see what I'm doing out here. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, man, I'm pumped to be back. I, uh, gosh, I've been such a flake lately. Of course, I had that huge project last year, and crunch time happened from November all the way into January. Uh, we are live with this project. Everything's starting to slow down a little bit. I'm transitioning into a a, a similar job, same company, but uh, I'm off the project, going to the next one. So. Hopefully the next one won't be so crazy. I can get back on this podcast boat, but uh, very excited to be back. And uh, thank you, Aaron. I know you and Landon picked up the reins there. Got a show out when we uh, didn't have one for two or three months, and hopefully we yeah, can. Yeah, and you, and you still uh, edited it for us. I did edit it. <laughs> I enjoy editing. It's weird. I have that. Uh, I actually, I don't mind it. You know, I think it was just I got bogged down by doing it all the time, but we yeah. don't have to do it as much. It's not too bad. Yeah. Well, you're probably the same way. When we when I first started podcasting, I listened to everything like three times. Now I'm yes. just, it's, it's just, you kind of just got to trust your, you know, don't worry about the ands and us and just kind of go with it. I like it natural anyways, but yeah, so it's not too bad. I have a few tricks I do to, you know, reduce noise and try to level everyone's voices, everyone's voices out. But other than that, I just throw in the segment music and roll. Yeah, that's, that's all you got to do. Yeah, cool. So yeah, I think uh, you and I have some pretty big uh, <laughs> things going on in our lives. I, I, I mentioned before before the show, I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to buy a new house, finally. I think I mentioned that for a few years in the show. We uh, found one. We got some land. I'm going to put it on there. And exciting news for all you podcast guys. Uh, going to have a brand new man's cave where I'll have my podcasting area and all my games, all my guitars. I got my new guitar I just bought last month and a nice little place for that. And <laughs> pretty excited to have a space oh, again. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that. I feel that energy because... Uh, my girlfriend and I uh, decided to rent a house together, and uh, we are going to go do that. And I will have a similar situation with space, where it's like, oh wow, I have this <laughs> huge chunk of space to put, you know, my instruments and my studio, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it's just nicer because right now my uh, my office space is kind of in the corner of our uh, family room. And so anytime I want a podcast, yeah. I'm like, uh, honey, uh, care to go to the bedroom and watch TV? It's just, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's inconvenient, but it's, you know, it's just kind of, kind of in the way a little bit. So it'll be exciting to get that space again. Cause grief, when I had a basement, I felt like a podcast two or three times a month. So it's just a lot easier to <laughs> just to start up and go. It's a lot easier when you have a pretty much, I'm, I'm guessing I'll be podcasting in the den or in the girls room. Um, which is far enough away where like, I, you know, if she wants to sleep, I won't be waking her up if yeah. I'm doing sure. that stuff. For sure. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I, uh, am looking at an old outline of notes. I have updated it and I hope this is all still relevant, but, uh, if you want to check us out, <laughs> it might not be relevant. 
<laughs> I know I need to, uh, apologies fans, uh, listeners, I haven't updated the website in quite a while, so when Aaron and I get to the ranking, that might be a little sloppy. We'll have to look at that again, <laughs> make sure it's all it's all kosher. But uh, yeah, if you want to check us out, we are part of the Bit Brothers Network, which we were supposed to record a, uh, record a Bit Brothers episode tonight. Uh, had a little bit of a delay, but that will be coming back, so check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash bitbros. Are you saying this is a repurposed Bit Brothers episode? I think it might be. The the true, uh, you know, the flagship, right? Like we can say that That's since right. Michael and Justin are here. They they both, uh, well, poor Michael, uh, I think his uh, kid, the daylight savings oh, doesn't just dude. affect adults. It affects kids, too, apparently. Yeah, I took a nap. <laughs> no, I know that to be true. Uh, my, my kids were like, what? What time is it? I said, yeah. Welcome to being an adult, kid. That's, That's how right. we feel. <laughs> It didn't help that Especially I in spring. I stayed up and watched the UFC fights last night, which I'm on, you know, Eastern time, so they didn't start till 10 p.m. And they didn't end till about 1:30, and then that was really 2:30, and I didn't get much sleep. But uh, <laughs> that happens. But uh, yeah, Facebook, we're there, Bit Brothers Network, Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/BitBrothers. That's where you can answer the questions that we ask uh, on the show, whether it's Ask Aaron or what you think of the game we're going to be covering. Uh, again, check out our outdated website, which I will get to, I promise, at GenesisGemsPodcast.com. Uh, we are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GenesisGemsPodcast. Shoot us an email, which I actually have some email to read on the show at uh, GenesisGemsPodcast er, Genesis at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at GenGems. And we are on iTunes and Stitcher. I believe we're on Spotify now, which is pretty awesome. And there's some, you know, any other service you probably have for podcasting, we are probably there. So, yeah, check us out there. So, uh, in the way of listener business, as I call it, um, wanted to kind of, there's a few emails. I had some back and forth with some folks and I told them I wanted to read a couple of these on the email. So our, our first email, which was, this was pretty cool. Uh, the subject of it literally said NBA live 95 or 96, which that got me excited because you guys know how much I love NBA live 95. Uh, sorry for the windows noise you just heard there on the podcast. I probably can't edit that out, but (laughs) anyways, uh, this came from, uh, a listener named Chris and Chris says, Hey, I recently listened to the NBA live 95 podcast. Some of my favorite sports games include Tecmo Super Bowl or Super Tecmo Bowl and NHL 94. For the longest time, I didn't think there was an NBA equivalent, but I just discovered the NBA live series on Genesis. I grew up with bulls versus blazers and thought that was good as it gets. Sure. NBA jam is great, but I don't consider it a real basketball game. I started with live 95 and loved the pureness of it. Then I decided to try the others. I worked my way backwards here. I found 97, 98 to be lazy and bloated. 96 seems good and has a bit more of an NBA personality with the players looking a little more like themselves in the arena. There seems to be a lot more stealing in 96. Uh, he says, my question is to you, which one do you guys think is best and why? You can ev- even choose 97 or 98 if you want. So a uh, very cool uh, question. Um, I can answer that real quick. I, th- I honestly think 96 is probably a better overall game. It's got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more speed to it. Um, the players, uh, like you mentioned, have a little bit more detail, but I think it was just because I had 95. I owned it. I didn't own any other 90 or NBA Live games. The NBA Live 95 was my favorite just because. You always I, remember your first love. My first love. I owned it. It's what I went to all the time. Uh, i never forget I had chicken pox when I was like, <laughs> like 10 or 11 years old or something when that game was out, and I literally sat in my room and just played that. It kept my mind off of scratching my chicken pox and everything. So, but uh, I did play 96. I would rent it, and I, I think, honestly, uh, looking back, it's a better game, but I just have more nostalgia for 95. Um, and I'm not sure if you played any of the other NBA Live games, Aaron. I know you and I pl- actually played 95 against each other in person. Yeah, we time. did. Um, I've played a little bit of 96, but not enough to really 
compared to 95. I did have the SNES version. I remember owning that one for a while, but I think it has a slight edge on the Sega Genesis and... What's the one that like seems like it runs too fast? Is that ninety seven? One of those seems like they like jacked up the speed. Yeah, where everyone looks like they've had like a bunch of jolt colas or something. And they run funny. Like, and if you pull up, if you go play ninety seven to ninety eight, just just start running. Like, if you're running kind of diagonal down in that game, you'll kind of see what I mean. Their hands kind of flop around in a weird way. I can't explain it, but it just always kind of put me off a little bit. But yeah, that's not yeah. not quite my uh, my thing. So, and we had another uh, couple more emails. This one is a real quick one. This came from uh, WTF Famicom, a gaming podcast. And the subject says, new fan, and says, hey, just wanted to let you know, I randomly started listening to your guys, and I really enjoy your show and follow you on Spotify and Twitter. Uh, so didn't find an IG page or some other way to just say that, uh, oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Just wanted to say uh, say this because you don't get email very often. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks for the email. Appreciate that. And I believe we had one more. Let me look down here a little bit. I feel awful because we just haven't been able to... Oh, here's one. This one came from uh, Nuge Agrawal. And this was pretty cool, Aaron. I'm, I think I forwarded this to you, but I don't know that we got a chance to um, talk about this. So I mentioned to a Nuge here that I would actually uh, mention this on the show. But uh, this email says, Hey, Nick, my name is Nuge Agrawal, and I'm the founder of Feedspot. And I would like to personally congratulate you as your website, Genesis Gems Retro Gaming Podcast, has been selected by our panelists as one of the top 30 retro gaming podcasts on the web. And you can check that out at blog.feedspot.com slash retro gaming podcast. I said, I personally give you a high five and want to thank you for the contributions to this world. This is the most comprehensive, uh, <laughs> this is the most comprehensive list of 30 retro gaming podcasts on the internet. And I'm honored to have you all part of this. We'd be grateful if you could help us spread the word by briefly mentioning about the top 30 retro gaming podcast list in any of your upcoming posts. And he says, please let me know, which I'm letting you know now. We'll, we will put this into the show notes and make sure that that site is on the show notes. Uh, pretty sweet that we're on there. I don't know if you knew that or yeah. not, Aaron, <laughs> but that's pretty I awesome. I did not know that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yep. So pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I feel like we both have, uh, oh, I don't know. I feel like we, this, we have so many people to thank, including the Academy, yeah. Sports and Outdoors. Yeah. That's what I want to thank. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate you guys uh, and appreciate everyone, um, and, and especially the owners of that site. Thank you for even thinking about us. Um, I think we have more listeners than we realize. Yeah. And it's it's great to be recognized every once in a while. It's not, you know, we, we definitely don't do the podcast for recognition we do it for the love of uh our mutual love for the sega genesis and our fans but uh we really appreciate it awesome yeah we're number 30 on that out of 30 so you know nice to be on there <laughs> but like you would look down the list and you see retro knots and there's some other podcasts i recognize like tap tad pog and there's some really cool podcasts on here um so it's pretty awesome to be part of that so we appreciate that cool all right, what is next on my nice little notes here? We have, ooh, this is fun, because you know what that means. It is time for Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Yes, sir. Sega Snippets. So, Aaron... I have babbled long enough, and I think it's time for you to do your thing. <laughs> have you been up to anything Sega recently, or just video uh, gaming period? I mean, 
Sega related, I did go and play a solo chiptune show and played some music off a Sega Genesis. Um, you know, for my <laughs> electronic set. <laughs> and then I've got a really cool show coming up on Saturday here in San Antonio, Texas called Super Bit Fest. It's the first of its kind, which is a one day festival. It's kind of like what you'd find at like a Comic Con where there's cosplay and there's um, all sorts of contests and prizes and, and bands playing. Uh, sort of a, you know, who's who of awesome video game bands, you know, like video game cover bands and uh, nerdcore artists. And then... Uh, I love that it's called nerdcore. Me, me for some reason. Yeah, nerdcore. <laughs> nerdcore hip-hop. Yeah. And uh, a few chip tune acts and just general nerdy bands coming out to play at this place I've been to before called Rockbox. And then also, uh, who else? Oh, uh, Mariachi Entertainment System is playing. And they're great. They're a mariachi band that plays video game and pop culture covers uh, using traditional mariachi instruments. Cool. But uh, yeah, I'm playing there as a band with my drummer, Ryan. And of course, it's going to be great. And I'm excited for that. So that's something Super Sega related. <laughs> uh, also, you know, got to go up to Austin with my girlfriend and... We didn't go to pinballs, but we went to another place off 6th Street that had a bunch of pinball machines, this billiards place, and even had some Sega ones. It had a bunch of old machines, so it was it was cool. So nothing uh, super-duper Sega-related, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me, for, for Sega. I know, oh, here's something. Sonic 2 is out on the Switch, guys. So this is a yeah. port by M2. So it's worth checking out. And I also remember I played Fantasy Star for a little bit on my Switch recently. And it's another M2 port. And it makes the game better because you get an in-game map while you play. So there Sweet. you go. Awesome, man. So I haven't honestly been playing much on my Genesis other than Super Baseball 2020, but um, me neither. Yeah, I bet I've been gaming like crazy lately, um, which has been pretty good. I've uh, recently gotten—I haven't done this in probably ten years, which is hilarious. But uh, a couple of my real close buddies uh, started playing Call of Duty: Modern Warfare on PS4, and I jumped in on that. I haven't done a online game like that in quite a while uh, at this pace, and uh, I gotta say it's pretty fun. I. I used to get really mad at those games, and I guess I just don't take it as seriously anymore. Uh, we have a lot of fun. There's about four or five of us. We jump on, play you know an hour or so here on the weekends, and um, really enjoying that. I haven't played the single player at all on that, so I don't even know if the campaign's any good. But uh, it's very fast pace. It's very uh, you know a couple shots in your oh, day. Oh yeah, those things are. Ooh. Things run super fast. Yeah, so I was, I was kind of impressed, and it's kind of nice because I think one of the last ones I played was Modern Warfare, probably back on the 360. So there's a lot of throwback right. maps and a lot of the same guns I used to like on 360. So I'm not a big fan of all these season one, season two, and upgrade no, this. No, I upgrade don't that. like the many ways you can line the pockets yeah. of yeah. whoever of Activision. Yeah, but I will say, even if you don't have all these upgraded guns, you can jump in and still still uh, do some damage. So I've uh, been having fun with that. Uh, I've been playing 
Star Wars Fallen Order, uh, whatever that is, Jedi Fallen Order, which is pretty awesome. I didn't realize this at the time, but I also was watching the TV show uh, Shame, Shameless, which is an uh, awful, uh, nasty show. Don't watch it for your kids on Showtime. <laughs> and one of the characters is actually the main Jedi uh, in the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Didn't realize that till about second season into that TV show. So that was kind of interesting little timing. I did that TV show and the, the video game. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that's been good. I also beat, uh, during Christmas time, uh, the Outer Worlds. That's a heck of a game. Oh, okay. if, if you guys like uh, Fallout, Skyrim type games like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was cool. Obsidian Obsidian actually made that game. Um, so check that out. Um, still have Shinmu three in the package. We need to cover that soon. It's kind of. Oh yeah, we do. Kind of hurts looking at it. So that's going to be on the uh, on the horizon. And then also, again, I think it's just been kind of a throwback for me. Um, I bought my oldest son for Christmas um, Pokemon Sword. Yeah, he said he really wanted it, and he honestly played it for like an hour and never picked it up again. So I actually, oh, I put it in my. My son's I, been obsessed with it. Yeah, he's been obsessed with Pokemon. So I put it in my Switch, and I've put about seven hours into it. So that's been a little fun. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I uh, I guess non Sega. If you want to talk non Sega, um, my brother had gotten a SD to SNES, and so I messed around with that and. Uh, that thing's pretty special because it allows for a custom chip where it almost uh, it, it lets the SNES do like CD quality uh, sound, like streaming audio, like wave files and stuff. But then it also <laughs> lets you load like ROM files that are up to four gigs in size. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, someone ported, if you ever played on Sega CD, it was called uh, Road Avenger. It's called Road okay, Blaster yeah. in the Arcade. It's a laser disc game. <laughs> and it's kind of like Dragon's Lair, but I, I like this one a lot because you're in a car and uh, you're chasing these vigilantes who, for whatever reason, caused the death of your wife or, you know, <laughs> like newlywed. You know, they were, they were just, just got hitched and all that jazz. But uh, it, it's crazy. It plays super well on there. Uh, I also checked out these two hacks. They're, they, these hacks, all they do, well, they're pretty impressive. Um, so you know, I like the Genesis. Most games seem to run faster and without slowdown and hiccups. Unlike I've noticed it more lately on certain SNES games. But someone put in a, a hack. They put out a hack for Gradius or Gradius, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, whatever you call Gradius it. Gradius three. That actually uses the SA1 chip that was used at the tail end of the Super Nintendo's lifespan in games like Super Mario RPG, and I think Kirby's Dream Land 3 maybe. Uh, but basically that chip allows for faster processing. It's like a coprocessor chip. Nintendo was very fond of using add-on chips yeah. for games, even going back to the NES days. So... This SA1 chip, this person figured out, they reverse engineered it, and games like Gradius 3, which are notorious for slowdown on the Super Nintendo, yeah. you can play it without any slowdown whatsoever, and it's pretty crazy. Um, and then also Contra 3. So you can check those out also on an emulator form. If you use, uh, I think it's BS NES or High. Hygan, one of those. Um, both of those support that special um, that hack. I think most of them will support that special hack. 
But if you're if we're talking about that special MSU one chip that allows for CD quality sound, uh, that one you can use on those emulators. But yeah, that's my non Sega stuff. Enough of that. <laughs> Sweet. All right, I think that does it for Sega snippets. So this is one of everyone's favorite segments. I'm trying to do good segues here. I'm kind of out of the practice, buddy. But <laughs> we want Sorry, to, uh, and I have the link here, hopefully. Yes, I do. I have the link, so we can ask these questions pretty quick. So uh, next part of this show, we will be asking the maestro, the man, the genius, Mr. Aaron Hickman, for Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. He will answer them if he wants. I'm going to click this link, and hopefully my computer doesn't take forever. Let's see. Ooh, that was quick. Nice. All right, cool. Now, we are recording, right? We are recording. (laughs) My button says stop recording, so that's that's a good thing. That that means it's recording. So As long as your button doesn't say stop talking, then I'd be really scared. (laughs) So, back on February 1st, so sorry again for the delay, um, we asked Aaron. It's a sweet picture of Aaron giving uh, the rock sign, little, little horns there. Nice, uh, man. I like your haircut. I need, I need, I need good hair like that. You got this sweet looking <laughs> picture. But uh, anyways, we have about what thirteen comments here. So the first question comes in, and um, did we have a rule? This one's a three parter. Do we just want to do? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, what what I will say is, um, we'll answer if. You- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how many questions we had, honestly. If we had a lot of questions and you don't think we'll be able to get through them. We don't have that many, actually. So let's, okay, let, let, let's well, do it. Do it. Let's do it. Why not? This is a, a good friend of ours, Mr. Josh Ballard. We'll, uh, we'll answer his questions. So Josh says, Aaron, I have three questions. So first, what is your favorite Sonic game on the Genesis? Ooh, that's Sonic Wacky Worlds, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best learning and activities. Uh, no, Sonic 2. Some people will say Sonic 3. Um, for me, I think it, Sonic 2 just hits my nostalgia bone a little more. And it felt like the, the biggest improvement. It's like once Yuki Naka or Yuji Naka uh, left Sega, I think it was to go join Mike Cerny and, and work at Sega Institute's. Uh, they really, it was such a huge leap forward for Sonic. Uh, they were able to, to work on new concepts and ideas and, and make one of the best looking and playing games on the system. And, and Sonic 2 is just one of those games where it's just, you can keep going back yeah, and play it. And, and Sonic 3, I love it. But uh, for me, I think Sonic 2 takes the cake just because felt like the biggest improvement like adding the spin dash i mean there are there are cool things in sonic 3 and of course who could forget like the lock-on chip with sonic and knuckles like that's that's awesome yeah but sonic 2 i think just holds the most special place in my cold <laughs> cold heart cold cold heart <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, agree. I agree. I don't know if it's nostalgia or not, but that was the one I spent the most time with. And yeah, we will cover Sonic Three eventually. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. All right. So, second question from Mr. Joshua is: Out of the two Tiny Toons Adventures games for Genesis, Buster's Hidden Treasure and Acme All Stars, which one is your favorite? Ooh, Buster's Hidden Treasure because I've spent way more time playing that game, and 
you know, Konami didn't put out many games on the Sega Genesis, but the ones they did are all quality games. Yeah. I spent, I know this is not Genesis, but I spent a ton of time playing uh, Buster. Buster Bust Loose. Oh my goodness. That, that, uh, that football stage on there, I thought that was so clever. That they threw like a like a little mini football game in for a whole stage. Like that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty cool. So but yeah, I love that game. But um, I haven't spent a lot of time with Acme All Stars, but I did play a lot of Buster's Hidden Treasure. It's good. Yeah, uh, I feel like I could try that game and see if my kids would be into Acme All Stars at all. Yeah, was that one? I'm wondering if that one plays. I've played it a bit, and if it's what I think it is, it's like a variety of different, uh, almost like an Olympic style. Yeah, yeah, game. yep. I think it is. It's cool. And his last question, pretty pretty good. Uh, which Tiny Toon character is your favorite? Ooh. Um, my favorite was, uh, was he Dizzy? Right? Yeah. Wasn't it Dizzy? Like, like the Taz? Yeah, Dizzy was... A, was yeah, because Taz was already my favorite, so I think Dizzy was my favorite because I just like Tasmanian Devils. Nice. <laughs> All right, next question's pretty funny. Uh, Mr. Andrew Coed says, is it true that you still feel that the Michael Jackson's Moonwalker episode is the true pinnacle of your podcasting career? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any other episode quite gives me that Shimon Shimon. feeling I need in my life. Shimon! Yeah. Um, No, you know? No, have we found the best Genesis Genesis episode yet? Maybe it's still to come. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I have to go back and look at the stats. Um, I think maybe see which one has been listened to the most. Yeah. It might be just like a super popular game. To yeah, be and it's kind of hard to gauge that now where we switched over to Anchor uh, in the past year. So, but I remember before that, I think it may have been like the uh, Sonic Two episode or uh, Gunstar Heroes. I think those were two of the biggest yeah. ones. So. Cool. All right. I think the most fun we had was like uh, it was on. I know it was on a game we trashed, and I don't know if it was <laughs> our uh, our White goes. Castle episode. No, I'm just kidding. Our Dark Dark oh, Castle White episode. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> our White Castle episode, <laughs> where uh, Nick and I did a, a slider challenge. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard Smith has two questions. We're going to be extra generous this time, guys, because <laughs> we just haven't done this in a while. But Richard Smith asked, what would you say to a nice cup of tea? Oh, I'd love a nice cup of tea. I'm, you know what I'm really feeling? I've been getting back into the Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Star Trek. This, this is the Texas <laughs> coming out. Star Trek. You bunch of track trackers. Um, and get my girlfriend into it and uh, watching Picard, which is really good. Check it out if you can. Uh, so I have to go with Earl Grey, ah, Earl Grey, hot, with some cream in it. Nice. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, I, I, someone introduced me to putting a little bit of cream in tea, and I actually really enjoyed that. I was kind of shocked. It's a certain, it's like the dark teas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cream in them, and it's well, there's really, a, really good. There's a brand called uh, Bigelow, and they made like a uh, van- yeah. vanilla flavored tea. That's good with a little cream in it. That's funny, yeah. I was just like, I had some of that Bigelow <laughs> flavor. Uh, or, yeah, Bigelow brand Earl Grey, which, yeah, uh, you know what? I hadn't had Earl Grey up until maybe a year ago, so I was like, what am, what am I missing here? 
That's funny. If I didn't do video game podcasts, it'd have to be like food and drink. That'd be fun. But uh, that be you do a food and drink podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Richard's next question was: As a British expat, I'm always surprised at the lack of love for the Genesis among my U.S. friends. What's up with that? Oh, you just don't have the right friends. <laughs> oh, because uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get better, uh, get better friends, Richard. <laughs> you know what? It could be that um, history favors the winner. So oh. if, if, uh, if that's going by anything, think about now, like how much press and play does Nintendo get um, compared to Sega? I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog just came out. The movie I've heard it's not terrible. Go see it. Um, yeah, but we seriously, need, we need Nintendo to cover gets that. all the play and all the press, and so maybe. These friends, you know, maybe they just grew up with a... Depends on their age. You know, maybe they grew up with an N64, Super Nintendo, NES. Um, Sega Genesis was really Sega's most popular Sega console outside of the Sega Dreamcast. So most people are fond of one of those two. Unless they happen to have a master system, which was huge in Europe, I know. Uh, And the Sega Saturn, which is way bigger in japan so yeah sorry if i'm not answering that exactly how you want i just think that just depends on what friends you ask some kids grew up with sega and some with super nintendo it's just kind of luck of the draw we were the weird ones that had both (laughs) but i also you know i was one of five kids so it doesn't surprise me uh because I had brothers that could actually work jobs and afford to buy stuff later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. All right. The next one comes from, and sorry if I say your last name wrong, Brad. Uh, Brad Dahl is D-A-H-L. And Brad says, is that Paul Schaefer in the Sega intro of Comic Zone? Test. One, two. Sega. Oh, you know what? That's a great question. I don't think it is Paul Schaefer, but... Uh, that would be cool if it was. Hmm. I almost think it's it's. I uh, thought maybe it was Howard Drossen, but you know what? Actually, I'd have to go look up. Maybe it's not. Uh, it's whoever voiced the main character, uh, Sketch Turner. Sketch Turner. Yeah. Go go look up on IMDb, Nick. Find out who voiced Sketch Turner in Comic Zone. Maybe it was Howard Drossen. I don't know. Hmm. He's the one who did the sound music can't wait to cover that game <laughs> yeah can't wait to cover the how- first level of that game says howard i've almost beaten it but uh, howard drawson uh, just Sketch- that one yeah it says a sketch turner and sturgill and a kung fu voice so there you go so Here. i was right howard drawson i was right <laughs> nice. so it is sketch turner in the intro yep that's pretty cool yeah, there's no one cooler with the uh, hoodie vest and a mullet. I mean, you just can't beat that. But uh, <laughs> Oh, you really can't. I mean, you could, but you can't. <laughs> it was pretty cool in the 90s, you know? All right. Rodney Clark asks, question. Why do you think sound tests aren't a game feature anymore? And do you think they will come back now that game composers are becoming more well-known? Hmm. Sound tests? Um, that's a good question. I think retro throwback games will put it in for the fans, but not so much for like modern games. I don't know why, but 
maybe they, they want to get people, well, especially like the, the music test, they want people to buy the soundtrack separately these days. Yeah, exactly. It used to be that companies like Konami came along, and later on, you know, Capcom, Sega, other ones, Irem, and started putting much more of an emphasis on the music and they wanted people to hear it or, you know, like use a Kishiro. I was like, yeah, that sound test or the hidden sound test. That's even better. I love a good hidden sound test where you do a code <laughs> and you're like, oh, nice. There's one of those in, uh, I think it was Castlevania 3. That's what I remember. <laughs> Sweet. So the next one comes from Tyler Jones. And Tyler asks, which is the best console to mod? Ooh, the best console to mod. Um, there's quite a few things you can do with a Sega, but I, I would probably say you'd get more utility out of some of those mods if you live in Europe, where you can do like a region-free mod. Um, and well, there's some things you can do with this Sega Genesis. You can have like crystal clear audio coming out of a Model 2 or a Model 1. There's there's a few different hacks. I, I mean... Uh, Personally, um, I mean, I think the Game Boy is super moddable. There's people doing all sorts of crazy things with that, music-wise, uh, like hooking it up to MIDI. Yeah. Yeah, but modding, um, yeah, just trying to think, like, ease of modding? Depends. Um, but as far as, like, what gets the most... There's a lot of stuff for. I would say what I'm most excited to see are like mods for the Sega Nomad that <laughs> you know replace the screen with like yeah. an LCD and make it crystal clear and no blur and have, change out that funky battery pack for a Nokia battery. I don't I don't know how many times I've almost bought Game Gears or Nomads that have been kind of yeah anything. Oh yeah, like a Game Gear that where they consoleized it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's There's, why I like projects like the Mega SG that I, you I know think, will let you play Game Gear games. Or yeah, I think I think the Game Gear is probably like my most emulated console because just because I just I can't look at that screen. <laughs> so. Honestly, yeah, I I've enjoyed the Game Gear much more <laughs> emulation <laughs> than I ever did actually owning one don't shoot me yeah friends but uh if, if you thought the game gear screen was good i mean maybe at first but after a while it just those it, the problem is uh those capacitors go out and there, there are ways to you can get a capacitor kit um we've had a few friends like our friend joshua witt yeah and uh a few other people who have done like cap kit replacements and those really help with the screens on game gears but lcds are even better if you can do that but uh i think like and this is such an open-ended question it's hard like what say what's the most model but like any system where you had to do rf only those are the worst yeah. so there are a ton of uh mods like you know for the NES or for the, uh, well, the model, what is it, the uh, top loader NES or like the Atari 2600. Many of those, uh, I think every almost every model of those was RF only. And then um, like the ColecoVision, so on and so forth, where it's like, oh, no, we didn't, didn't have a you know, composite, which would have been very helpful. So, yeah, 
those are cool. Cool, simple mods, which, you know, if you want a good soldering project. I really, honestly, I really want to learn how to solder for real. <laughs> I feel like everyone else but me knows how to solder. So I've done something it. I haven't really got my yeah. hands dirty. I'm, I'm not great at it, but I have done it before. So I'd rather not, but... <laughs> I'm always afraid. You rather not something. burn your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, it's like even when like I, guitar hands. Even when I mess with my guitars, I only like to mess with the cheap ones. Especially uh, this new one I got. I don't even want to come close to touching that with a solder gun. But yeah, oh, I got you. Yeah, cool. All right, what's next here on Ask Aaron? I twist windows, so let's find out where I'm at. Okay, Nick Demarco, Mr. Nick Demarco asked, "Will you never give me up? Never let me down? Never turn around and desert me?" <laughs> also, do you think a new Sonic Fighters, Fighting Vipers, or Fighters Mega Mix entry will ever happen? You know what? I think the closest we've gotten that is just Sonic showing up in a fighting game in general. Yeah. Super Smash um, Bros. <laughs> you know, Sega's made some ill-advised choices around Sonic. Um, so, hey, it, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I say that with a dose of sarcasm, uh, but who knows? You know, I I could definitely see a new Fighting Vipers game, or I, I used to have Fighters Mega Mix, and it was a blast, and that included characters from the Daytona car yeah. <laughs> to that's, characters from Sonic the Fighters. So. I only own like five Saturn games, and that's one of them. Oh, man, it was a blast. Yeah, that's fun. Cool. So, yeah, I, I would wish that it... You know, maybe when the Dreamcast 2 comes out, <laughs> someone will uh, jump on that. <laughs> Sweet. The next one is just a uh, meme that Joshua Witt posted. So the top half of the meme says, what is love? And I'm assuming that's Hadaway on the back. And the bottom part of the meme has three panes. And the first one says, Larry Mo Curly. And then it just has Mo <laughs> Curly. And then no Mo, because Mo's gone. So that's funny. Oh. Larry Mo Curly. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> good job, Josh. <laughs> so, that was very classy. I see what he did there. Right. I see it. So Jesse Cleva Vidal asks, what has a better sounding engine, SNES or Saga? I mean Sega. Oh. <laughs> hmm. It really depends on whether you're playing an EA game or not. <laughs> low blow but there's very few EA games that have great soundtracks or they would um, so yeah I'm going to be nitpicky and say it really depends on the composer and the game more so than the capabilities of the system the Sega Genesis actually has two audio chips at its disposal some composers use the FM side only, which gives you bell sounds, gritty, metallic sounds, uh, and wood blocks, and xylophone. Does that stuff really well on organs. That's what FM does really well. What FM struggles more with are things like orchestral sounds. Like, uh, it could do woodwinds all right and brass great, but it can't do strings nearly as well as the SNES can do, which is literally lift samples from whatever keyboard or a actual live instrument um, and play back multiple samples at once. I think, you know, up to eight channels. So you can get some rich sounding stuff there. 
but also it has some uh, built-in filtering on the SNES that sort of makes gives the samples because they're lower quality. Uh, this smooth smooths out the rough edges of the low bitrate samples. So Sega Genesis sort of has this immediacy, and like with rock sounds, it usually sounds great. And with club jams like Streets of Rage 2, yeah. sounds very impressive. Uh, on the other hand, SNES, when it comes to RPGs, as much as I love like Fantasy Star stuff, uh, the Final Fantasies, Chrono Trigger, like that's second to none. Um, Secret of Mana, you know, games like that is really where like the Super Nintendo sound chip that Sony did actually uh, really shines. So that's that's my two cents. Cool. Yeah, it's always Sega, right? No, kidding. <laughs> yeah, the answer is Sega, Sega. In case you ever wanted a short and sweet answer, it's Sega. <laughs> cool. Uh, Eric Purcell asks, what is your favorite game and why is it Snatcher? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snatcher's still in my top five. It was so funny, though, because like, I was at my best friend's place. He's like, oh, man, yeah, because like, he would bought Snatcher from me. Um, and this was like years and years back. And then he eventually sold it. He's like, yeah, man, I tried playing it and I just couldn't get into it. And my heart hurt a little bit because it's like, <laughs> oh, man. But he's also the same guy who doesn't like RPGs and games where he has to read a lot. So I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> he's a big Sega fan. But even then, I was like, all right, man, just go on YouTube, watch a, a you know, Let's Play of Snatcher and you'll, you'll get more out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know reading for some people in video games is a big <laughs> no-no. I think at least when it has voiceovers, they can handle it. But oh, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my favorite Sega game. Jeez, yeah, Snatcher had the most, the biggest like emotional impact on me, especially when I was a kid. Um, and then RPG-wise, you know, like Lunar, Lunar Two, Shining Force Two. Uh, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 2. I mean, can't go wrong. Starflight. Yeah. Gunstar Heroes. I'm, I'm already doing more than five, so shut me up. <laughs> no. All right, I'm good. Aaron's top 10. <laughs> Aaron's top 20. All right. Last question here comes from Joshua Witt. That's not just a meme. Joshua asks, any predictions or wish list items for the Earthworm Gym coming out for the Intellivision Amigo? Um, make sure they give you more than one button to do things. <laughs> that's my biggest. That's hope. a good wish list. Biggest, that's my wish. Um, so that probably means they'll add a button or something on the touchscreen. But my other wish slash guess is that if that is indeed the biggest game for the Amico, that it might not remain exclusive forever if they see the money roll in for it yeah. who knows depends on how many people are willing to buy an amico which you know i really don't know uh if they're marketing if they're able to capture like the mommy market what would what they call it the mommy bloggers, <laughs> mommy bloggers. uh no i'm serious like, a, yeah mommy <laughs> bloggers uh no it's a serious market if they're able to capture that niche they're they're gonna get in places that only like the Wii could get in, um, so who knows? You know, something that's inexpensive and appeals to older gamers. And I haven't seen a lot of games that really appeal to uh, 
non-gamers, but there's definitely going to be people who haven't touched a video game console in like over 30 years Yeah, that would probably pick one up for the nostalgia alone of having a, a new Intellivision console Sweet. and seeing some of their favorite games updated. So we'll see. Good deal. Also, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah, you know, can't, he's can't a cool dude, it. great yeah. composer. So I will give him the best for the doubt. <laughs> he, he's the the one, if you didn't know, he's the one heading up um, in television productions or whatever it's called since uh, Keith Robinson passed away. Yeah. So he's the one in charge of, of everything. Which seems cool. We'll go with that. Yeah. All right. So that was the last Ask Aaron question. So thank you guys. If you want to ask more questions, we will keep posting them on the Facebook page at BitBrothers, facebook.com slash group slash BitBrothers. So with that, I think we're ready to do some uh, gaming on here, right, Aaron? Yes, sir. And I think you're going to be the expert on this game. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. I got some I got some interesting history on this game. I was uh, kind of, uh, not really history, but we'll get into that. Never mind. So uh, yeah, Aaron, game on. Game on, Nick. <laughs> Game on! Yeah, game on! Super Baseball 2020. It's the future. It's the present right now. Um, so I did have a question before I got into this game, Aaron. Um, this was kind of kind of random, but uh, how long did the baseball player spend in the library? Ooh, mm, nine innings. I don't know. It was a. Uh, it was actually just five minutes. It was a shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, I'm back. <laughs> He's back in the saddle, folks. Bad dad jokes. <laughs> but So, yes, Super Baseball 2020. This is an interesting one. Um, I played this quite a bit on the Super Nintendo. Um, I didn't play it on the Sega Genesis until probably about three years ago, to be honest with you. So I rented oh, this. Oh, it's much better. Yeah, I agree. I will tell you that right now. But I did rent it. Um, saw it uh, quite often in our local rental store. And, you know, baseball being one of my favorite things in the world. It's my favorite sport. I, I tried every baseball game out there. So this is one um, that I played quite a bit. Like I said, it's, a, it's got a unique spin to it. We'll get into that a little bit later. But it was kind of neat how it kind of followed, uh, you know, it felt like the SNK games, which, you know, it was. <laughs> it had some of the same teams that were on those SNK games, uh, you know, like the uh, baseball stars or whatever. But so, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was interesting to play that with my brother and had a really unique spin on it. And uh, I don't know. Did you play this as a kid at all, Aaron? Um, you know what? I want to say I played this in the arcade once on one of those SNK multi boards, uh, those arcade machines, the M- yeah. MVS system, uh, those machines. So I remember playing a little bit. I don't think we ever rented it on the Sega Genesis, but if we would have, it probably would have been one of my favorite baseball games on there. But I did want to mention that, look, this game's called Super Baseball 2020 actually had an, had an eye for the future and even more so than robots playing baseball which i think is great yeah you know think about base wars on the nes robots playing baseball with humans or, or cybernetic people um if you notice this is a co-ed baseball game yep one of its kind and guess what today is it's international women's day that's right March 8th. I found a way to, to bring that up. So there you go. There's actually women in this baseball game, which I think is great. Yep. Um, and they did that a lot. Well, so like your, your baseball stars, you know, Nintendo and Arcade, they had a, a whole team of women. Um, so, yeah, that was... That's true. But they were kind of like, oh, you can have your own team. That's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
this one they sort of mix them all in yeah. so it's great yeah that's cool so yeah i have an snk you know kind of make this game was pretty pretty, pretty interesting I was, anything yeah. snk touched was pretty much gold yeah uh, i think after a certain point the earlier games are can can be hit or miss uh because they've you know been making arcade games since like the late 70s yeah especially whenever they uh actually went out and put it on uh, home consoles that, that you actually owned which was always cool i, I love that it i don't think it was really a a bad SNK game I played on Nintendo than maybe like a Kari Warriors. I hated that game, but uh, <laughs> uh, maybe Athena. Or, yeah, no, yeah. there were a few like lousy ports. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Kari Warriors two, um, and, and it wasn't necessarily. I think it was whoever SNK actually hired to yeah. port the game for them because the games in the arcade were pretty solid. Yeah, something about that logo too. I played a lot of uh I don't know why, but I had this game it was POW on on NES. It was a pretty awesome kind of beat 'em up slash, you know, action. Oh yeah, game. I like POW. Yeah. yeah. And I, every time that logo popped up SNK, I just I, I was happy. Baseball Stars, you know, all these other great games. But um yeah, I uh, Yeah, this was this was uh, another great you know, SNK baseball game. Can't go wrong there. Exactly. So this game was released in 1991. Uh, they ported it to 93, or to Genesis on the 93. Uh, developed and published by, or sorry, developed by SNK, SNK Arcade. And the Genesis course gives credits to uh, Palace and EA. So, um, and Palace, uh, I don't know, it's P-A-L-L-A-S. I don't know if you've looked much into that, Aaron. Uh, interest, some, some interesting uh uh, history on Did that. Did they handle sound? I'm curious. Yeah, so it says developed by Palace when you look at movie games. And you look at their... Yeah, the uh, EA didn't, they didn't use uh, any... I wonder if they used any of EA's uh, like sound engine or anything like that. Yeah, they probably did. Um, when you look at movie games, there's only two games they're uh, credited for. Super Baseball is one of them, and then 8-Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of 8-Man. <laughs> this was uh, released for arcade and Neo, uh, Neo Geo, of course. And it's a... Uh, Interesting looking beat 'em up game. I don't know if you saw that. R- very robot uh, has a robot theme in it. Uh, was this what system was on? Uh, it was an arcade game in Neo Geo. Oh okay, yeah. You know, I don't think I ever played that one. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a running type. Like the guy's always running, kind of beat 'em up type thing. But uh, it's it very a lot of robots, so I can kind of see where maybe they <laughs> took a little passion for the robots. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um. In the 90s, robots were huge. Yeah. There were so many robot things or cybernetic things. And then I looked. Even at my uh, my daughter Bella wanted a robot for her birthday. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Next thing we're gonna have like a robot Alexa walking around the house. That's gonna be scary. <laughs> Pretty soon, there's gonna be a robot dad that's gonna replace me. <laughs> I rue that day. Who else is going to tell bad dad jokes? Bad huh? dad jokes. There's probably Are you going to leave that to a robot? Yeah. Well, Alexa tells good jokes, too. I've, I won't lie. I've heard some from her that I liked. She told my kids one today. It says, uh, what do you call a, uh, what was it, uh, a, a new pasta? And the answer was noodles. That's kind of funny. <laughs> but anyways. How about uh, this? Uh, how, about, how about this? You go on Alexa and you say, hey, Alexa play Genesis Gems podcast on iTunes and guess what that is probably it will play our podcast that is probably her best feature I'd say if I had I to think so. if I had to pick one besides <laughs> uh, 
you know, monitoring everything we say. That's the side of the best I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so convenient, though. <laughs> All right. Hey. But this game, um, there was a credit for a gentleman named Brian Schmidt, uh, and it said composed by, right? So I looked this guy up. And he had some very interesting uh, credits, and there was one credit in particular. You ever you ever find those games that you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that game since I played it back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. So he had a game, and the only reason I want to bring this up because it was baseball-related. So when I first got my PC, um, it was probably like 96, 97, um, I tried to buy every PC game without understanding like what you know system specs were i just thought every game you bought you could just plug in and play uh, like you could with a playstation or super nintendo but uh i finally found a game that would play that was kind of newer at the at uh, the local walmart and it was a baseball game called aaron versus ruth battle of the big bats i don't know if you ever heard of this game aaron um i mean if i didn't know uh is this supposed to be uh i know babe ruth and aaron who is it yeah, Hank Hank Aaron was on it. Hank Aaron, yeah, Hank yeah. Aaron, that's right. And it was a, it was a, it was pretty fun. Uh, it didn't get the best reviews in the world, but it had a, like Babe Ruth had his own team and Hank Aaron had his own team, and then you had like all these uh, legends. Uh, you had like Willie Stargell and, um, you know, all these great pitchers like uh, maybe Ty Cobb was in there. Uh, I think Pete Rose was on there. So there's like a lot of, just like your classic players. And, yeah, I remember uh, like Legends of Baseball on the NES. Yeah, what was this released. This was just PC. Yeah, it literally was. Ah, okay. that, that's all it was. But I, I remember playing this game nonstop because when I got my first computer, I'm like, I gotta play this. And this is my new thing. But uh, that was kind of interesting to see that. So he had a huge gap in the games he worked on. So that was the yeah. last, the last game in the '90s he worked on, Aaron versus Reed, Battle of the Big Bats. And then all of a sudden, it jumps all the way up to 2017 uh, when he he uh, has some uh, credits as the audio director for the re-release or the remake of uh, Mutant League Football. Or mutant oh, wow. like, yeah it was just kind of funny and uh, a lot of his credits uh, a lot of sound for um, a lot of baseball games a lot of NFL games he had Jungle Strike some credits there Tough Man Contest which is a boxing game had Butterbean on the front of it um, oh I remember one very specific uh, voice clip from Butterbean in that game <laughs> <laughs> when you face off against him he says I'm gonna kick your you know you know, you know what <laughs> It even has credits uh, on the game Blackthorn, which is a you know old Blizzard game. Oh, so that's cool. interesting, interesting. I just thought that was funny. I I brought back a lot of memories, and I actually have been trying to find a way to play Aaron versus Ruth on my PC. Um, I know there's some ways you can, can uh, play old games on here, run them in compatibility mode or whatever. But yeah, I thought that was kind of fun to read back on that and relive some old memories of some baseball games I played so I know our uh, listener Timmy Max a big baseball game fan so Timmy I don't know if you'll like it or not but go check out Aaron uh, versus Ruth the battle of the whatever it was the battle of the bigs battle of the bulge <laughs> no. oh that's like wrong subject matter sorry I guess that's uh... no that's <laughs> whoops Oops. Um, if you want to check out I can't remember was that World War 2 I can't remember what battle of the bulge was but um, if you if you want to buy this game, it's not not the cheapest. Uh, or it, it actually is a little cheap. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about what I actually paid for it. You can find it for uh, six dollars loose, and I'm talking about uh, Super Baseball 2020 on the Genesis, or uh, it runs for about twelve dollars complete in box. And this is as of March in 2020. I actually paid twenty dollars for this game. There's a local shop uh, in town, and uh, I uh, found it. It was complete in box, and I knew you and I would be covering this. You know, since 2020 was coming up. 
This was a few years ago, and I bought it there. And what I remember most about that day, that there was this awesome food truck outside that served uh, street tacos. It was a pretty good oh, day. Oh, nice. Pretty good day. I, I wrote that note on my... my I have my a very specific memory of this game, too, which uh, is about four years ago. Um, my old co-host, who I still keep in touch with from Retro Obscura, uh, Adam, we actually met up in Pennsylvania. I was up there for driving through Pennsylvania for a family trip uh, over to New York. And uh, we met up, and we went to a retro game shop near him, and he, he bought me a copy. I uh, can't remember if he bought it for me or if I bought, I bought it, but I, I definitely picked it up because I knew it was a good baseball game. But I know he picked up a copy of uh, Vector Man for me if they had for a good price. Um, so, yeah, I remember picking this game up. Either he got it for me or I got it on his recommendation because um, it looked pretty sweet and i remember playing you know in the arcade game so can't go can't really go wrong with a snk baseball game i feel like even though this does play a little bit different than baseball yeah yeah very much so (laughs) especially with the whole money spending mechanic we'll talk about the money spending the fair foul ball yeah we'll get into that in a little bit but uh i did want to read uh this was from moby games as well just kind of the summary of what the game is so uh this says in the year 2020 baseball finally evolved there's no longer conventional (laughs) professional baseball in 2020 baseball designed by the super baseball association association have they gotten rid of sign stealing nope yeah houston astros caused the downfall of all this (laughs) no this is why they've gone through robots robot umps you got you know you're monitored everywhere (laughs) but uh the baseball association has been very popular and it is the best sport. However, the truth is that the association has used a colossal sum of money to promote Super Baseball as show business. They have manipulated each player's ability using the control computer to secretly decide victory or defeat in every game. The players who knew this removed the connecting parts of the computer to play their own game of baseball. Finally, a fair game is going to be played at Cyber Egg Stadium. In 2020, oh, Super Baseball is a fast-paced game with new rules where you can select one of 12 individual men, women, or robot players. During play, you can make your team stronger with prizes earned from amazing catches. So there you go. Very interesting. Now, when you when you power up this game, um, I really liked the visuals. I'm just going to jump right into that. Cause, yeah. Man, when you, when you first power up this game, even the menu, so like you hit start, there's a heck of an intro. And it asks you, you know, do you wish to enter a password? And in the background, it's actually like scrolling through like what looks like a computer chip. So very robotic, very, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. And the password system, uh, I didn't mind. It was only four rows of about uh, five characters each. So, you know, 20 characters you got to enter in. Which, um, I don't know about you, Aaron. Uh, if I, play I haven't it, entered a password. I know in some games, like, where if it's a short password, like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, they really mess you up and make the game hard to continue back on but does this game save your stats and things that you built up like what you upgraded people with well it kind of resets uh game after game so like you have to build up your money oh that's right yeah yeah yeah. see i can't even remember i'm terrible (laughs) no you're fine terrible human being fire me from the podcast that's what made baseball (laughs) baseball stars so uh you know, so popular was that you could yeah. kind of you started with nothing, no average, no home runs, and it, it kind of built your stats. Which that was one of the f- very first games I ever played like that, um, and I, I love that about it. Uh, this game unfortunately doesn't do that, but um, I I remember I had uh, one of my very first smart I don't want to call it a smartphone, but it was a uh, what they called a blackjack. 
It was kind of Samsung's version of a BlackBerry. And I, uh, I hacked it and was able to put emulators on it. And I used to play baseball stars in that when I was setting up my brakes at work. But, uh, anyways, yeah, so the password system is not bad. And I I, uh, I tend to use my cell phone nowadays because I'll just take a picture of the password on the screen and stuff, write it down. It's kind of our, our cheating way of uh, doing that. But I'll tell you what. This is true. What was hilarious. Or you could be like me and play with save states. Play with safe states. You can do that. I don't, I don't feel bad about doing that on a baseball game. Sorry. Nah, nah, not at all. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, though, and I don't know what made me think about this, I used to have a Polaroid camera and I used to take pictures of my screens and passwords and put them in a notebook. How blurry were they? Did you? They were pretty were bad. They clear enough. Pretty bad. Oh, that's great. I used to just. <laughs> oh man, we were definitely nerds. But I, I had like a legit <laughs> password notebook just for passwords, labeled passwords for different games. I had a whole system and way of organizing everything. I'm super There's nerdy. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all did the grid paper while playing Metroid and other games, right? Now you can, I mean, now you can uh, buy these dot journals, these special journals where it's like they they have these dots arranged in a grid already. So you could literally have, you know, you want to make a grid paper? It's grid paper. It's great. See, after you pass the password screen, you get to, uh, if you don't have a password, you, you get to select what game. You can do a, a league, which in the game it says, win all 15 games with your choice of teams, go for the Super Championship, and the World Series awaits you. Or you can just do one versus two player, which my kids love playing. Uh, they think this game's hilarious to play. <laughs> so they have that. And then, when, uh, of course, when you go into the game, um, there's kind of two divisions. You have the Exciting League and the Fighting League. And in the Exciting League, you have the American Dreams, which was a team in... Uh, uh, what's that? Baseball stars or whatever. Uh, you got teams like the Tokyo Samurais, the Naples Seagulls, the Battle Angels, which I believe are all girls, the Korea Dragons, and the Taiwan Mega Powers. And then in the Fighting League, if my game will not move forward, there we go. You have Battle Heroes, Ninja Black Sox, the Aussie Battlers, Mechanical Brains, Metal Slashers, and the Tropical Girls. So interesting. I I always picked the uh, American Dreams because that's who I always picked in uh, Baseball Stars as well. Because in Baseball Stars they actually had some uh, players kind of named after some of the old players. Like I think they had Babe and Hank and things like that. Trying to you know play a little bit of a uh, you know homage to that. But uh, when you get into the game, it's interesting because it'll show you a screen of the fair zone and the foul zone, which totally threw me off when I first started playing this game as a kid. Because uh, you could hit what you think would be a home run, but it just bounces off of the uh, of the dome and comes back down. Uh, foul, oh, yeah. foul balls are nowhere near what you think they are. Um, you know, you may hit a ball that's uh, going down third baseline and turns left, but it's actually still fair. I think your foul zones are only like really like directly behind you uh, when you see that. <laughs> so it's very very. This is true. I'm, I'm trying to uh, rewind my. I emulator. guess these baseball players uh, had some crazy. Crazy new things they wanted to try. Exactly. So there's just a lot of interesting things here. Um, and when you get into the game, it looks like a baseball game. Um, and uh, the controls are pretty simple. Um, you know, you, it's it's your typical 16-bit, 8-bit baseball game. You're, you're moving around the batter's box uh, with the directional pads, and you're hitting. Um, you're basically hitting the uh, bat with the C and pitch with C as well. And I just literally played a game there where I uh, hit the ball and it stopped into a red spot in the middle of the field and just stuck. So there's all these little extra things about this game that aren't uh, your typical baseball, which is neat. So, but other than that, you know, you're you're doing what nine innings and you're you're playing uh, three outs, yeah, three strikes, four balls to do that. 
And like uh, like Aaron mentioned uh, earlier, you can level up your players as you go. So like getting that hit I just got gave me $300 in cash. And uh, whenever you get that, you can go into team power-up. Um, you can make your guys hit better, uh, pitch better, things like that. So it's uh, very very interesting kind of to play the game th- that way. Uh, I didn't find it totally difficult. The first few times I played again, I had a little trouble timing the hitting. And I'm not really sure why. Um, it just took me about two innings to really get the hitting down. So um, pretty cool. And there's a lot of cut scenes. I guess you get more... Uh, money by doing diving catches and, and uh, jumping catches and stuff so um, yeah and then once you get more money of course you can level up your players uh, go from there but first glance at this game Aaron I know when we mentioned it, the, the graphics are clear the colors are bright yeah very very uh, crisp yeah. colors are bright brighter than a lot of Sega games to be honest there's no mud <laughs> or grit in this game everything's pretty well defined yeah yeah, yeah and it's you know, of course, SNK or uh, Neo Geo is going to have more colors on um, the MBS system, of course. Talking about a 32-bit system uh, versus 16-bit, but all things considered, it still looks pretty great. Everything is easily readable. Um, and yeah, it does have the 8 and 16-bit feel, but um, I, I love the arcade presentation and just like looking at the um, the outfield and uh, or looking at like the once you actually hit the I don't know what you call it um, the audience part where the home run's supposed to go uh, it's very very well detailed and I like the grid yeah <laughs> the for the grid grass cool. the, for the grass yeah oh yeah I, th- I think I think it adds a, adds that whole futuristic tech feel to it you know I think that's a cool little uh, detail. It almost it looks um, by having these like almost makes it look like a football game when you look at like how they have these uh, yard lines. Yeah. <laughs> you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. like the uh, yeah, got like yellow going around for like the uh, like kind of outlines the infield, and it looks like there's some dirt, you know, on the uh, home plate yeah. and things. But uh, even the batter's boxes are like these red glowing. Uh, <laughs> rectangles where I guess they get it put in and then your players all kind of have a couple di- like you have one main style of a player that looks kind of like a human uh, they have these big like uh, shin pad looking things and you know I'm oh, a, yeah. like a very very metal bat um, and then the team I'm playing as the American Dreams like they're uh, they're blue with like a pink helmet which is kind of very similar to the color scheme from uh, the NES and arcade game uh, baseball stars so, and yeah, and I like how. Uh, um, oh, I was gonna say I like the animations and like how if you hit someone with a pitch, through like a, a hovering object will come by and like actually suck it up like a UFO. That's yeah, the person yeah. who was hit by a pitch. Yeah, there is one thing annoying about this game, which I'll say is annoying about a lot of baseball games. Like, there's no consistency of what uh, dominant hand the fielders have. So, like, depending on what side of the field you pick the ball up on, your player could be left or right-handed. It's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> and a lot of games do that. It drives me crazy. I, I love... Oh, I know. It's just like, and what what determines what side of the yeah. field they're going to be batting yeah. from? Yeah, and I always, that's why I always gave, like, such kudos to that uh, King Griffey Jr. baseball for Super Nintendo. Like, every... If your center fielder is a left-hander, he's always a left-hander when he throws the ball. It, it took games a little while to get get that. Um, there was even games on the Sony PlayStation that did that. Like one of the very first uh, MLB licensed games um, came out. Everyone had the exact same batting stance. Everyone had the 
they would throw from whatever side of the field they caught it on. I'm just like, you know, you would think a game at that at that level at that time would would pick up as attention to the detail, but uh, it's, it's definitely not something that you know makes makes the game worse for me. But it just kind of annoys me. <laughs> oh, I mean, speaking of, and we'll probably talk about sound design a bit. That's that's where the game kind of chokes uh, a bit. And it's cool that there's you know an announcer and everything, but it's so muffled you can't yeah. tell what the heck they're saying in this game. It's kind of like the Namco problem. Um, when you play Philios, like, what are they saying? Because <laughs> uh, it's just so low bitrate and scratchy. It's like they could have maybe done that a little better. Yeah. Uh, and and then also the music just sort of feeling like when they brought it over from the arcade, um, something suffered in transition because, oh boy. <laughs> Well, and, uh, and, and when I play, as a musician, I can tell when something's sort of out of tempo. Yeah, it's and almost I, like a drummer who can't keep beat. And unless the music's really good in a sports game, I tend to kind of turn the music down and listen to a podcast or something. Or yeah. I, did, I did the same thing when I was a kid. I just turned my cassette player, or CD player on. Unless it's studio in an S, then I'm sorry. I'd always play. Uh, <laughs> that's, just funny. that's funny. <laughs> like NBA. You have to rip those guys just for old times' sake. You have to, even though we're in the same network now. You gotta, you gotta tell them that. But uh, like, even if it was NBA Live '95, I would listen to that intro song because it was great. But after that, I would just turn the sound down and listen to, you know, my Megadeth albums <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know why? Why Megadeth? Why not Mega Life? Mega Life. It's <laughs> the first thing I can remember in my room. The CD always <laughs> had my CD player. <laughs> Alright, so um, I was also going to say something about the presentation too. If, if you guys remember playing like uh, Bad News Baseball on, this, on the Nintendo, uh, it was a Tecmo game because of course there was these cool cutscenes, but anytime there was a close play at like uh, first, second, third home plate like the, with a slide or something, it would do like these real cool cutscenes and this game does a very similar thing. Whenever you're real close, make yeah. a real close play and do these really neat cutscenes. I, I always appreciated that. Now, I also love uh, running around as the robot. Like right now, I'm just running around center field, <laughs> and the game doesn't stop you or make you stop. So you can literally just run around forever, yeah. uh, and the game will not. <laughs> you can run around the center, and the, the robot has like a goofy run animation. <laughs> and I just hit a ball. Yeah. I hit a ball that should have been a foul ball, and it was fair. It kind of throws me for a loop. You know what I miss in this game that was in Base Wars was like, yeah, I think there's an upgrading aspect in that game too, but in that game, uh, you got in actual fights. Yeah. <laughs> and when I and when I was a kid, I thought somehow these games were related, and they totally weren't. That was a Konami joint. But yeah, I remember that you could get into fist fights in that game. I was like, oh, this is like hockey. All right. Konami was big in the fist fights in their sport games. Blades of Steel. They <laughs> <laughs> were. I'll tell you, I wanted to get violent. Totally random. I said Blades of Steel. I'm gonna think about it. I downloaded because it Rage was Rage of Steel. <laughs> I downloaded uh, on the Switch because it's on sale. Uh, Super Blood Hockey. Have you seen that game? Yeah, that's like I. Isn't it like a mix of ice hockey and Blades of Steel? Yeah, and lots then, of blood. And then it's got like these uh, like kind of RPG type coach sim uh, elements. When you play a season, you you play as the coach. And you have to train your players and, and do contracts. It's it's interesting. It's uh it's a lot more deep than I thought it was gonna be for a you know an eight to sixteen bit looking hockey game. That's very fun. Uh, you can do slap shots really easy on it. So if you guys like hockey games at all, 
I'm looking for a retro sports game on the Switch, go download that. It was only like ten dollars when I downloaded it, so I'm not sure what it is now. I know this isn't a switch up episode, but you know, if any sports fans out there like the old style sports games, go check that out. I'm kinda hoping our buddies uh, over at Namo Gamo bring basketball classics to uh, Switch. That'd be kinda sweet. That'd be great. Because that game, if you guys haven't played it lately with the new season mode, is off the hook. Y'all need to go check that out. And I'm not just saying that because they're our friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's one I wish was on the Switch. Exactly. Yep. Because I just don't, I don't game on my computer, on my PC much. It's more of a, you know, design slash <laughs> research type machine for me. But yeah, back to Super Baseball 2020. Sorry about that. But yeah, the music, I didn't, like I was with you, man. I, I didn't really listen. Like After I heard it a little bit, I just turned it down and started listening to like, the Joe Rogan show or something. <laughs> I played. It wasn't really my my thing. But um, I do, again, presentation is great. The uh, one thing I did want to talk about, a home run in this game is not easy to get because the home run zone, as they call it, it's like center field, and that's it. You can't hit a home run from head to the left or right field. It's pretty much over second base, right in the middle of the field. So I've, I played through about four five games of the 15 game uh, season and i think i only hit like two home runs the entire time I oh i know because what you think would be a home run it tells you at the beginning of the game it shows you the map yeah it shows you this is not a home run sorry yeah and then uh playing defense um i always talk about defense when i play baseball games because um, there's a lot of games out there that just have it's just boring to play defense on and uh this one's not bad um I thought it was a little hard to see where the ball was going when they. Yeah, I mean, it's good that your outfielders all run at the same time. You've got a turbo button yeah. or a run button, but still, it's the problem that 16 bit games in general have, which I don't remember if it was in the arcade version. I want to say there was probably more scaling in that one. Um, but yeah, in this one, there's no scaling. So. The problem is that everything's sort of close up and you're just sort of hoping you find that shadow of the baseball and your guy runs up the time or that it bounces off of what you think would be the home run zone and careens (laughs) on the ground so you can catch it. Yeah, and then the uh, sometimes it's kind of like an auto fielding thing where the pop-ups in the infield, the guy's just standing in the right spot. So that kind of helps as well. But Yeah, or like the... Uh, guy by home plate will just come up and catch a ball without any provocation. Yeah. There's something really cool about what happens in between the innings. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this or not, Aaron. It's like they uh, they do this thing where they set crackers, is what they're called. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah. They're like mines, and every every inning that goes by, they put more down. And it makes it a little bit more dangerous when you're, um, <laughs> yes. when you're actually going through the... I don't know who decided game. baseball should be more dangerous than the Dark Yeah. <laughs> So that's cool. It's like as the game goes on, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to uh, actually, you know, play defense. I guess. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I can understand that. I like all the, you know, the little little details in the game. I think are really neat. You know, of course, having stuff we take for granted now. Of course, having uh, the miles per hour and. All little details. I'm still like I forget every time I play a baseball game. What is ERA? Earn earn run average. Earn run average. Okay, so would that be how many bases they ran? That's how many uh, runs are against it. No, it's home runs, right? Well, it's how it's many r- how many runs a pitcher gives on an average of uh, yeah on an average of a nine. In- I think it's nine innings per game. It's like okay, a, so if they have a higher average, that's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. So like your okay. your your 
best pitchers in, in MLB are usually a three or below. Like they, if they give up three or less runs, that's a, considered a good earned run average. That makes more sense. That's why I'm like, oh, they've got a great ERA, <laughs> whatever it's, it's that 15. is. But they've got a nine. <laughs> oh man, this is great. <laughs> Have you noticed that, all right, do they have like a, you know, in some games it's like, okay, um, this class will be better at this in general. Like, are the women generally better at one thing more than the men in the game or the robots? I mean, I think the robots would just destroy everybody. Do you think? <laughs> I don't know how they make that fair well, in terms of I- home runs and pitching and batting. I don't know, like, the stats that drive the, uh, the attributes, but, like, if you look when a batter's at the bat, they'll have an average in their home runs. And I notice the people with, you know, higher averages and higher home runs hit the ball better. So I would assume there's some kind of a uh, formula, some kind of algorithm that's like if this guy has yeah. 40 home runs in a season, he has a better chance of hitting home runs than the guy that has three. It felt that way whenever I play. Um, that There's a guy on American Dreams that had, like, 44 home runs. I think he batted third or fourth. I hit. I think I hit both home runs with him in my season that I had. So. And, and probably goes without saying that none of these teams are real. This <laughs> is a fantasy baseball game, much like pigskin football, foot brawl. Foot sorry. Oh gosh, I kind of forgot about fantasy that game. Football game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is sort of in that sort of category of imagine your favorite sport, but they've changed a bunch of the rules. <laughs> No, this this game is on the whole uh, a little better than pigskin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cracker set. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I got the cracker set. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> but uh, it, I think you mentioned miles per hour with the with the pitching. It's hilarious because like you can get a pitcher that may pitch you know 160 mile per hour fastball and then throw like a 30 mile per hour changeup, which I don't think anyone ever throw changeup that that uh that slow. And yeah, it's quite a bit slow. Something I wrote down, and I just experienced it as I'm playing it live as we talk. That just made me mad. Uh, <laughs> I had a ball hit in the infield. It rolled past my second base, and it was sitting two inches in front of my center fielder. And for some odd reason, I couldn't select my center fielder to get the ball. So I don't know if I'm doing oh. something stupid <laughs> or if it's just part of the game. You couldn't get to him? No, I had to run my shortstop or second baseman up to catch the ball, which is crazy. You know what I forget to do? I forget to actually spend money on stuff. I'm like, how much does it really matter? Hmm. I usually wait till the end. I mean, you do want to spend the money. Yeah, it's smart to, like, rack up some money. It's like the first game is going to be easier. They're going to give you a dopey opponent. And because you're kind of going around, they're going to match you up with a weaker team first. Yeah. So, like, right now, I'm going to go try to power up a guy I'm playing. So, it gives you an option to power up anybody on your team. Um, so like I'm gonna try to power up the guy that I'm actually um, batting as here. So this dude's name is Juan. So after I, <laughs> after I nice. uh, go to the team power up and I pick uh, Mr. Juan here, it gives you uh, four options. Uh, you can do the batting armor, which I believe is a you know power up to your your batting uh, fielding armor, which makes him better of a fielder. And you have three options there. Um, you can power him up with an A, B, or C. Um, a being like like for, for this batting armor, it powers up 15%, a B does 25%, or a C does uh, 40%. Of course, every one of those costs more money. Um, and you can do a robot power-up, which pretty much just turns your dude. So I'm going to do that right now and make sure I'm not telling you wrong. Yeah, it turns your dude into a robot. So instead of being like a human-looking guy, it turns him into one of the robots that has like the uh, 
wheels for the legs. So. Oh yeah. Did you notice? Um, hmm. Maybe I'll mention it during one of my uh, achievements. But one of the teams, the icon looks remarkably like Little Mermaid. Yeah, I think that was one of the uh, fighting league teams. Yep. Yeah, one of the more fantastical names. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's literally the Little Mermaid. Just <laughs> that's cool. So, and I, I also just struck out, and my dude tried to break his bat against his knee, and when it did break, it just showed like these little uh, kind of like like electricity trying to put the, put the back bat together. <laughs> that was a cool little touch. I don't remember, I don't remember seeing that when I played it not too long ago. But yeah, this game is a. If you're a baseball fan, um, I think you're gonna like it. We'll talk about our final verdicts later, but it's definitely uh, it's a fun sim. You got a season mode, which is great. Uh, again, no stat tracking, but there's a lot of cool games out there without stat tracking that I tend to keep playing with no problem. So no problem there. And the uh, the power up, like I mentioned, is fun. I usually only use it at the later parts of the game when I have a lot of money, and I'll just start powering up uh, every better I got. I didn't do the fielding power up very often, so I can't really speak much to what that is. I'm more of a, again, I talk about this all the time when playing RPGs and games. I'm all about offense and <laughs> you know trying to try to just uh, battle as hard as I can. So I uh, usually just power up. Have, my... you, have you noticed how uh, effective bunting is in this game? I'm surprised. Yeah, a lot, a lot of games. You uh, bump with the uh, A button. Yes. It yeah. does help quite a bit in this game. Yeah, if you got a fast runner and if you can bunt it right down the line, you're, you're pretty much golden. So I did that a lot. Like a lot of my runs came from loading the bases and just bunting guys in. Because uh, a lot of times they'll, you know, your third guy coming from third to the home plate uh, will get there so quick. You try to steal ahead of time and then bunt, you know, squeeze play, as it's called. <laughs> and uh, try, yeah. try to get them to throw the first base instead of home, especially if you have less than two outs. Yeah. So yeah, baseball game. There's not not always a whole lot to tell. Um, I just uh, no. I mean, like I I don't know how far you got into the game. I've got you know like I've played uh, a few matches. I haven't gotten super far into it. I mean, it's a baseball game. Yeah. Um, I've I've never. But I've wondered if you if you actually go up against a. I'm guessing you go up against a really hard opponent that you can't actually choose. Yeah, I would uh, I would hope so. I unfortunately didn't make any further than five games in the season, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to, to be able to have a season mode like it, something to you know play towards. And and a lot of people like the big long, uh, you know, if you play a MLB the Show today, you're going to play 160 some games, but this is only 15, so it makes it a little a little bit more uh, accessible <laughs> for someone who doesn't want to play a entire baseball season and one one go round. But uh, when, you, when you do hit a home run, it, there's a pretty cool cut scene. Um, again, you got to hit that real small home run zone. And uh, it, it'll, you know, go over the fence and kind of goes up to the scoreboard, which is kind of reminds you of RBI baseball back in the Nintendo. You'll see uh, some, <laughs> che- some cheerleaders, and then it throws a cut scene up of a guy kind of pumping his fist as he uh, runs around the bases. So that's always fun to see. I also like the guy doing, like, a, a flip. <laughs> I think uh, I forget when they do a flip when they uh, catch the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. You get more money for that too, which is interesting. I haven't quite perfected that yet when I play. I've I've been able to dive and catch the ball, but yeah, I don't do the jump very well. And it's neat because uh, the foul zone. If you hit it in the foul zone, all of the fans, if you want to call it that, are like pieces of robot uh, scrap. <laughs> if you noticed that. Who cares if they get hit? <laughs> exactly. No one, no one cares. 
I wonder, I wonder if that's part of the whole uh, backstory that I read earlier about how, uh, um, you know, those were the connecting parts of the computer <laughs> that, that I talked about they removed. But that's where they just kind of trashed them. I'm going to act and like they are. Have you noticed um, how, how much harder is it to control a character when they're low powered or they need health? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't pay much attention to that, honestly. Because I've noticed the computer, like, the robots start smoking up. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, they just, maybe they're just slower, I'm guessing. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, I honestly haven't uh, checked into that. I know a lot of times it'll just say power okay, so you just kind of go with it. Yeah. So, cool. I'm getting beat right now 4-1, to one, so I'm not doing so good. I'm, I don't even know what I'm getting beat at. <laughs> One to one. That's what we're doing. Yeah, too bad. Yes, we are playing the game while we were talking. <laughs> this is the type of game you can do that in, where you're not yeah. really. I don't feel too bad about that. Nothing to read. <laughs> Just gotta play the game. No, this is true. And again, like I mentioned, with the whole old controls of like an eight bit, eight bit or a sixteen bit game, when you run bases, you kind of hit, you kind of push the uh, direction of the base you're at, and uh, if you hit the B button, they'll they'll run to the next base. Which is very similar to about every other baseball game you play during this time. And that's always my biggest gripe of new baseball games. I have the hardest time figuring out how to run. Cause, um, oh, yeah. And it's like, I don't... You got a map to a special yeah, button now. And it's, and it's it's annoying because I constantly accidentally make all my runners run. And sometimes I only want the lead guy to go. And it kind of drives me nuts. I, I kind of miss the whole mechanic of these retro games where you just... You can make two guys run at once, but you have to make sure you kind of back-to-back send this guy then send this guy but the newer games just drive me nuts i can't ever figure them out it would usually take me like five games before i get the controls down but I, I loved how all these baseball games played very similarly back in the in the 90s kind of followed suit from nintendo the super nintendo to genesis and then when i hit playstation 64 it got all out of whack <laughs> this is true <laughs> where they started experimenting with uh strike zones and oh, having like a box that, that you... was the worst I had, a, yeah. I had a friend in high school, he'd play um, All-Star Baseball on Nintendo 64, and it had that little thing. They had the little I circle. The oh, my gosh. He was great at it, but I could not hit the ball with a darn in that game. No, I just, like, give me, I think it was the World Series of Baseball 98 on Sega Saturn. I just spent all my time in home run derby mode. Yeah. <laughs> That's what made um, EA Sports when they brought out MVP Baseball on PlayStation 2. It made it so great because they got rid of that mechanic, but what they did... If it was like an inside pitch and you tried to push, like you're going to hit an outside pitch, it would jam the batter up and he'd hit it, but he'd just hit it in the end, like a little dribble in the infield. Uh, so, okay. so you always made contact, but it was it was very particular, like where the ball was, and that was like the best mechanic. Like you, your batter would just change his swing based on the area that you pushed your uh, your uh, directional pad to or your analog stick. So like that, I miss that. I think MLB the Show kind of does that in in a very different way but I, th- I think that was to me that was like the best mechanic in a baseball game so again if you guys are baseball fans check out the mvp uh baseball series especially mvp 2005 that was the last one they made with the major league license and that's probably my favorite one um, i had it on the psp i had it on xbox i had it on ps2 i played that game a lot so if you like a sport that keeps track of lots and lots of numbers yeah <laughs> like stat tracking baseball is for you absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch live baseball games and you know. I you know what I have and I would say it was at least more interesting than watching baseball on TV which I find <laughs> quite boring. 
Well, I love the commentators because they'll bring up this, like you mentioned, the stat track. Yeah. It's hilarious. They're like, you know, uh, Aaron Hickman has the most hits on a uh, on a 6 p.m. sunny day, you know, the month of March uh, than any other player in the sport. Like what? <laughs> I love these stats they come up with. It's like they're just trying to find time in between all of these slow parts of baseball to, to fill it. Yeah. So I mean, I'll listen to a, a podcast about baseball. It's like ESPN's <laughs> 30 for 30. And they're talking about how Wrigley Field was a day-only baseball field. Yeah. Because <laughs> of a city ordinance. Yep. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So, like, I like getting into that history. Like, that was that was really cool. But uh, I don't... I just don't watch a lot of individual baseball games. I, I don't mind watching highlights because... They take out all the boring parts, <laughs> which is people uh, whiffing a ball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've never had any problem watching baseball. I, uh, every year I'm Oh, on. no, I get you. I think, yeah. I think part of it is like, I, it's probably things about it I don't understand or, or, you know, it's just like they'll, they'll get into the, the color commentary. They'll talk about the different players and their backgrounds and things. Yeah. yeah I, I played a lot of baseball as a kid and, you know, coach now and, help out with the league so it's just kind of that, I mean, I was the a, thing i love and i've talked about this before my my favorite position was left out <laughs> left out <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that was a good dad joke <laughs> it's, it's a little no bit more, big goody it's, it's a little bit more depressing than a <laughs> <laughs> depends on the perspective was i leaving myself out or was someone else leaving me out <laughs> that's mm. true that's true <laughs> No, I was left-handed, guys and gals. So it's either yeah. first base, then, then first base, or the outfield. Was like, <laughs> never, never had the right. No one ever had the right glove for me. Yeah. You know, it was always if I want to play stickball or play a neighborhood game, it was always, oh, I've got my dad's glove, but it's the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and left-handers, the kids are usually first baseman or outfield. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I do remember one kid. I mean, you could be a batter, you can be a left-handed batter, but that's yeah. Yeah, I do remember one kid I grew up with was a left-handed catcher. They had a, like special order in my left-handed catcher's mitt. This this is true. <laughs> so and, true. Then, and then there was this one guy at a baseball game. He kept wondering why the ball kept getting bigger and bigger, and then it hit him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back. I'm back. Oh guys. boy, he's <laughs> back in the saddle. All right. I've kind of rambled on enough. Uh, That's I've, okay. All, all Ramble my, on. All my notes are pretty much uh, covered that I took for this game. I don't know if you had yeah. anything else to add. All of my lack of notes have been covered <laughs> in full detail. I uh, I started using the, uh, I love this program, OneNote a lot more at work. I've been yeah, using, yeah, I've, I've used, used OneNote. I've been using yeah. it at home. It's, it's a wonderful little tool. So That's handy. It would be handy for Genesis Gems because you can literally have one tab for Genesis Gems and then just keep adding. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm, I, even drag, I even drag and drop the uh, ROM files onto my note screen so I can just nice. take notes, click the ROM files. It's pretty sweet. That's great. Oh, and it's better than sticky notes because uh, <laughs> they oh. don't disappear on you. I hate sticky notes. Yeah. And you, can, you can dictate on OneNote too. I do that at work a lot. You can just kind of talk and it'll save an audio yeah. file. I do that too when I'm writing music. I'll all of a sudden think of a tune and I'll turn my phone on and turn one note on and play a little song and it's there. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of, you know, remember it for later. But uh, yeah, so I have nothing else to say. So I think this might be a good time to go into retrofitted achievements. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right.
the Channel Christians Network Forward Achievements. Alright, so Aaron, I uh, kind of forgot about this till the other day, and I only have one, and it's not very good, so I hope you... Oh, mine's worse. So. Okay, <laughs> so this this was so stupid. I just wrote foul or fair, and it's uh, hit what would be a foul ball, and it's a fair ball, and that was really bad. There's no funny thing to that at all. So <laughs> that's all I got. Sorry, guys. Um... So I got. I just thought of one. Um, so my first one would be maybe playing this game um, and forgetting to put deodorant on, and so that would be you're out of here. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, that would be the umpire just like yelling at you and like, go put on deodorant. Put on deodorant. Um, as most people should be told at. You know, convention halls. And <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, my second achievement, which, um, yeah, I like all these team names, but uh, I like the fantasy one. And I like the, it, this achievement had to do with the, the mermaid one. Um, so that achievement was uh, part of your world. And that was picking... Your nose. The <laughs> fight, yeah, the fighting league and picking the tropical girls, which is so obviously the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Even got the same color hair. It looks just like Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So what's next? Oh, yeah. We're going to ask the big question, right? Is yes. This, is this game a gym? I haven't asked that question in a while. So exciting. Is this game of Genesis Gym? Is it good or is it garbage? Alright, so when you go to MobyGames.com, and I couldn't find the, uh, what I used to call the Moby score, but I did see a uh, user score, and I gave it a 4.2 out of 5, which is pretty impressive, I'll give it that. Uh, one of the critic reviews that I like to read, uh, one came from GamePro, and this was in November of 1993. Uh, GamePro had a heading here that said, uh, Super Baseball 2020 is a nice diversion from typical, statistic-oriented baseball games. It offers all the thrills and chills of traditional baseball with some great new twists and outrageous two-player action. In the year of 2020, baseball is super. <laughs> so they gave it a 90 out of 100 uh, in GamePro, or whatever that. They used to have, what, the 4 out of 5 thumbs up or something. But there you go. So that was interesting that, uh, you know, apparently in the year 2020, baseball is supposed to be super. It'd be really sweet if the Braves won this year. It's kind of like a, you know, more of a uh, prophecy from baseball in 2020 being super and the Braves finally win the World Series again. I'd be a very happy man. So, uh, as usual, we also asked for you guys, the listeners of the show, to give some feedback. And we did that back on January 28th. And I'm pulling up the link here. Wow, my internet's running fast tonight. This is great. And I just opened it up. And the first question, uh, the, uh, the question we always ask is if this is gym, good, or garbage. And the first response comes from Jared Pilgrim. And he asked, or he says, <laughs> asked me 25 years ago, and I'd say gym for sure. I used to rent this game so much until I got it for Christmas one year. But realistically, it's just good. While great fun, it wears thin quicker than most. Can't wait to, can't wait to hear the cast. Uh, Chris Vanderhoff says, fake news. I think he was referring to... Uh, that we are having another episode out. <laughs> and then uh, Andrew Coed says, Do my eyes deceive me? The gyms are back. Never played Super Baseball 2020. I doubt it can possibly be as good as Tommy Lasorda baseball, though. Stay positive and love your life, gymsters. 
uh, Evan Nixon just did a really cool kind of uh, text art that says Super Baseball 2020. So thank you for that, Evan. He does some cool artwork anyways. <laughs> uh, Timmy Max says, one of my favorite arcade-style baseball games. I grew up with the SNES port of the game and still revisit it often. I didn't get the Genesis version until much later. Both ports have different aspects where the Genesis mirrors the arcade closer with style and crackers between innings. But it has some terrible slowdown. The Super Nintendo version is more colorful and better music. Even without the crackers, it feels streamlined better as a console game. So I'll say good, definitely. Not garbage to me. I give the arcade or Super Nintendo version Jim, though. Looking forward to the episode. Thank you, Jims. Uh, Landon Long says, Man, love this game. It's like the arcade version of Baseball Stars 2, but with robots and cyborgs. And the last one comes from Sean Robinson. Sean says, If TV's baseball were more like this, then I'd be more likely to watch it. Don't worry, Nick. <laughs> we have 10 more months for baseball and TV to get its act together. <laughs> it's exactly like Super Baseball 2020. <laughs> Pretty cool. So it was kind of in between there of what listeners thought. Um, myself, this was kind of tough because this was on the borderline to me of Jim and Good. And when I think about baseball games on... 16-bit consoles um this honestly is not in my top five um i say that so when i, I kind of brought back oh, on that e- like more than tommy lasorda baseball i do i, I didn't it's better than that. i didn't think tommy lasorda was that good we'll get to that in the no. Future episode. <laughs> no it wasn't. but but um i'm gonna say this game is just good uh, kind of on the higher spectrum of that but um definitely gonna say just good there, there's a lot of fun on this game i'll play it again definitely but my go-to baseball games on 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 Genesis, you know, are going to be sports talk baseball, uh, games like that. So um, this is definitely just just good for me. I I was kind of conflicted by that, but couldn't quite give it a gem status. How about you, Aaron? Um, I think because maybe I'm grading on a curve, maybe not. I I would say on the lower side of gem for me, but still a gem, just because I I think the art style really sticks out and it's got some unique gameplay that has me come back but i do admit that it doesn't have the most staying power uh, and the teams maybe aren't different enough from each other uh just because of the limitations of the time uh, but it's it's still yeah the lower side of, it would be the lower side of gem for me um just because i think it, it plays very smoothly and it is fun uh, the times that I do pick it up and play it, and I I can't really think of my you know my favorite baseball games on the Sega Genesis besides this maybe World Series '95 Sports Talk Baseball, uh, and that would be it to be honest. The, I think the best you probably agree with me the best baseball game of the 16-bit era may just be on Super Nintendo. Don't shoot me, but. Yeah. There's a very specific one that uh Me too. <laughs> Snest drunk on YouTube loves to mention all the time, which is Ken Griffey. Yeah. That's not the second one, the first one. Yeah, the second one's not that great. Yeah, the first one's probably my all time favorite baseball game, but that's a whole other story. Man, I don't know what to do. You say Jim, I say good. The listeners are kinda We're gonna have to fight for it. I guess. Play heads let's do a heads or tails. What what do you call Aaron? We'll just let's we'll toss it up. I, gotta... I call Tails. Tails never fails. Miles, Tails, Prower. Oh, and I was right. Tails never fails. So, guys, (laughs) that's the first time in Genesis Gems history we flipped a coin. 
to say whether there's a gym or not. <laughs> so with that, we're going to lay the gavel down and call Super Baseball 2020 for the Genesis based on a George Washington quarter. Hey, Jim. There you go, guys. <laughs> so, Aaron, I don't want to go into ranking yet. I need to fix the website. So I'm going to take a note for the next show that we cover a game on that we will revisit Super Baseball 2020 and then also put the game you and Aylet then covered in the right order as well because I have not done that yet. So a little bit behind on that, guys. I apologize. The website will get updated. There's no intentions of getting rid of the website. So I uh, just want to make sure that that was known and that uh, my my slacking and my flickiness will get a little better as we go through. So, And, guys, I think we have a special treat in store for you for our next episode, right, Aaron? I don't want to give too many details out yet. Uh, still trying to iron oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think we've got most of it. Uh, basically, our good buddy Cam from uh, the awesome video game cover band, the Mad Gear. Yes. We've been around since 2014. Uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a while now. Uh, he's going to join us on our next episode to cover two crew dudes to coincide with the fact that the Mad Gear is actually doing a Kickstarter for a new animated series about the band so it's it's got like a really cool retro uh 8 16-bit aesthetic and they've got all sorts of goodies they've got a game to go along with it uh but yeah there's uh the first episode out on youtube and, and cam will join us to talk more about it in length and detail and we're excited to have him on to cover two crew dudes because uh, that is one silly game. Yeah, <laughs> Data East. And like, nothing says 90s too like that game. Yeah, and nothing says dudes like Data East too, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, man. All right, so that's going to be fun. Can't wait to do that. We have some research to do this week for sure <laughs> on that stuff, but uh, very excited about that. We need to get back into the... Uh, into the rhythm anyways and dude i'm so this was great i'm so happy we did this again and hope we can do it again every time yeah. I, every did we, did we mention the name of the the kickstarter project did we say turbo city guide look it up on kickstarter it's only Turbos. got like 22 days city 22 guide. days to go we need to get these guys funded absolutely uh, and yeah. i and i uh, i'll we'll put the show notes in here um uh, in the show notes we'll put their link in there for kickstarter as well make sure we got that so we can give them as much as we can if you guys haven't heard of the mad gear go joke and check them out some really cool stuff out there they cover some of my favorite stuff they covered you know like ninja turtle games they did a mario 64 uh, games. Up too. Yeah, yeah great stuff great stuff i've been trying to work out my own version of uh uh, what's that dude's name? Crash Man from Mega Man 2. I've, I've been picking that out like crazy. So I, the, these I've been g- picking out Sonic 1. So. Yeah, these, these guys, uh, they influence me. I've I've, uh, I've taken some video game music and turned it into my you know, peaceful little winery music. So it's just, it's just cool to see everyone take their own spin on video game music. And these guys do a great job. Sweet. Well, episode 82 in the books. We did this under two hours, Aaron. That might be a record. I know, we did it. <laughs> they, they were getting longer and longer. I think... Uh, is a nice little sweet spot for us <laughs> so guys keep uh stay tuned we're gonna keep doing these um like i said i think life's getting a little less crazy for me i uh, should be able to do this a little bit better i did find my cable for my microphone aaron and i mentioned that to you the other day i was a little worried i couldn't find it but it's here you, you can hear me talk <laughs> yes i'm so glad yep all right guys so with that we'll catch y'all later all right later guys